This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. John Minadakis is the co-owner of Jimmy's Seafood up in Maryland. I reached out to John to get him on the podcast because if you haven't seen in the news, Jimmy's Seafood up in Maryland, who's known for their crabs, has come under the ire of Peter for the last four to five years. This year, just like other years, Peter has taken out billboards. But they focused this year on Lent and how crabbing is, quote-unquote, inhumane, unethical, the typical language that Peter puts out there. And so I wanted to have a conversation with John because we in the hunting industry space, in the leather goods space, in the sustainable use space, face exactly the same things that he does. And so I just wanted to give him a voice, give him a platform, however small or big this platform is, to just have a quick conversation about what he's facing, why he's facing it, and just get back down to the basic human truths of, of sustainable use, consumptive use of, of our resources. So a great conversation, a quick conversation, a hard-hitting conversation, as you would expect. Very appreciative to John. And do yourself a favor, go check out Jimmy's Seafood. Give them some love. They've got a great t-shirt that you can buy that supports an animal shelter in Maryland. Enjoy. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to, to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name. My name. Is, <laughs> Does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. <laughs> Braxton, you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Mm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a, a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. Okay. You had a massive weekend, huh? Yeah, it was a great weekend, man. Great weekend. That is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, it's uh, 7.30 in the morning, 8.30 where you are. Um, I'm actually flying to Spain today. <laughs> oh, wow. What part? Uh, I'm just going to be in Madrid, man. I, um, you don't know us from a bar of soap because we reached out to you like a bar of soap, because, but we uh, deal with the same issues. Um, Blood Origins essentially is a, is a non-profit that changes perceptions. And maybe this will resonate clearly with you and the reason why we're talking. Changes perceptions of who hunters are and what hunting does for people, for wildlife, for communities all around the world. And um, we're debuting a film that is uh, about a small rural community in Spain in which a hunting ban got put in place 
okay. and how it's affected the community, the construction industry, the leatherman, the people that don't even hunt. And that's almost just half of the story because the government is going to have to issue them culling permits, essentially. So instead of them taking, you know, a thousand deer a year off the property, they haven't been able to take any deer for the last two years. Oh, Can you wow. imagine what it looks like? It looks like somebody took a hedge trimmer to the entire property. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. John, do you hunt? Uh, not much. Well, once in a while, just deer hunting usually, yeah. Is that um, raised hunting? Did Is that something that is part of the, the family there? Yeah, it's... um. There's a lot of Greeks here in Maryland. Uh, they get together frequently, and they go hunting this time of year usually. So bring it back to uh, Jimmy's and make some venison with it. Uh, yeah, obviously, everybody knows it's one of the healthiest uh, meats you can have. Great protein. So 100%. That's, yeah, that's really the reasoning behind it. Obviously, some great bonding as well. Absolutely. John, introduce yourself for us, please. Welcome to the Blood Origins podcast number one. Um, but go ahead and introduce yourself, my man. Yeah, thanks for having me, first of all. Uh, my name is John Manadakis. I'm the co-owner of Jimmy's Famous Seafood here in Maryland. Um, been a family-owned restaurant for 49 years. My uh, father was Jimmy, and I run it now with my brother, Tony, um, since 2003, uh, when my father passed away. So, going on uh, I guess we're at 20 years now uh, at the helm. Uh, I took over when I was 20 and Tony was 16. So Holy yeah. smokes. Yeah, so uh, it's been an interesting ride for sure. Uh, ups and downs. And as everybody probably is aware of, you know, we've been uh, fighting PETA for about four <laughs> or five years now. <laughs> Why do you think, John, of all the things to attack in this world, why would they go after crabbers? You know, I've been asking myself that for a really, really long time, and I still can't find an answer. Um, I'm a, This week, actually, um, I've been made aware that they're going to be airing a commercial here in the, the local market against crabs. And I've actually seen the commercial, and it's just as terrible as you can imagine. And a part of me almost feels like they know it's a losing battle, and they know that they're not going to change anybody's mind, but they just have so much money, and they just want to get their name out there, whether it's for good or for bad purposes, that they know people are going to get angry. Uh, they're going to fight back, and it's going to keep their name in the news. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a publicity stunt for them. No different from them, you know, going to these red carpet events and throwing paint on celebrities and some of the other stuff they've done in the past, you know, the attacks on Steve Irwin's legacy, going after his family and some of their tasteless advertisements. I think that there's just a pattern of disturbing behavior here. And you know, the, the media, for the most part, uh, lets them get away with it and sometimes even praises them for it. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. You know, it's funny, the, um, the whole idea, and, the, and we're, there's, there's, you know, you're fighting Peter from a crabbing perspective, from a hunting perspective. You know, we're fighting. There's, there's, there's things happening all around the world, right? And it's not just Peter. It's HSUS. It's pretty much like the the primary culprit there. And then RSPCA around the other parts of the world. Um, 
that have stepped out of the typical dog and cat lane and now live in this live in this wildlife lane and 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 I understand why wildlife is big money, right? You can raise a shit ton of money for lions and tigers and pandas and whatnot, even though you can't hunt pandas or tigers. So it doesn't matter. Um, but it's almost like, John, that they are pushing back on this thing that makes us human. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you, know, you know, hunting has been going on out since the beginning of time. Um, crabbing has been going on since the beginning of time as well. You know, this is how people fed their families thousands of years ago. It's how we still continue to feed our families now. The health benefits, as we touched on a little bit earlier with the, you know, the venison, are well documented. Um, you, know, you have to have a high-protein diet, and not just soy protein. You know, there's been studies done that prove that animal protein is obviously much better for you, for mu- muscular development, uh, for brain development, and so on and so on. Uh, it almost does feel like they're trying to, as you stated, uh, deconstruct the you know the human nature that's been proven scientifically for thousands of years. John, there's a saying that we use. It's called it pay, "if it pays, it stays," and it almost speaks to the thing that we as humans care for. If there's something that you value, there's something that you care for. You're going to look after it. Wildlife. It, it, it's very difficult. You know, it's, it, it's almost like a paradox. People say, well, how can you kill the things that you love the most? Same thing with crabbing. How can you kill the thing that you love the most, John? Well, you know, it's the food chain. And then, you know, as humans, we're fortunate enough to be on top of that. And, you know, we can get biblical with this if we want. Um, but it, it is what it is. Um, you know, we as humans are at the top of the food chain, and the same way a shark, you know, is has dominion over what it eats in the sea. I don't think the shark feels bad for, uh, you know, putting food in its belly. You know, we need to survive. Uh, it's it's how we survive. It's it's what we do. Now, obviously, there's lines there. You know, there are animals here that we consider pets. Right? You're not going to go around eating a goldfish. You're not going to take your dog and, you know, have it for dinner. There are limits to human decency, obviously, but um, as I said, you know, deer meant to be eaten, obviously. Crabs, you know, crustaceans meant to be eaten uh, since the beginning of time, and I don't see anything changing anytime soon. Yeah, and that's the other thing that you just mentioned is also baffling to me, is that Peter's coming after a crustacean. Is it's not even a mammal. It's not even something that has a spinal cord or any sort of processing from a, a neurological perspective of, I don't even think any studies or research have been done to understand sort of pain receptors in crustaceans. Yeah, I think that they've tried to argue to the opposite, but anybody who's familiar with the process knows that it's not very true, obviously. And um, they use the campaign a few years ago saying it's me not meat and uh you know we had a little fun with that when we pushed back against them but you know as much fun as we we've had at some points you know fighting them and battling them at the end of the day it's still an attack on our livelihood and that's what this this always was it's what it still is you know for them to come out and 
try to put down an entire industry. And here in Maryland, the crabbing industry is really the backbone of the entire state. Everybody in the state either is in the crabbing industry or is directly affected by the crabbing industry through a family member. Uh, without the crabbing industry, uh, Maryland's economy would really just shut down. And uh, for them to keep this four or five year battle going, uh, not only with the industry itself, but us personally, which they come out and, and name us, name me personally um, in their press releases. Uh, it's, it's very low behavior. And then obviously, as has been well documented a few weeks ago, um, they stooped to another low when they placed a billboard about a block from Jimmy's uh, coming after Christians and the Christian tradition of Lent, um, saying that that we should uh, not be eating fish on Fridays as you know we've been doing for, once again, mm-hmm. thousands of years. Um, mm-hmm. just every time you turn around, it feels like it's a new low, uh, it's a new attack, and we just continue to weather the storm and then fight back. Jimmy, what about the guys that own the billboards? So, you know, Are they they're, they're, Maryland people? Yeah, I mean, look, it's big business, right? Clear Channel. Oh, GCS. Yeah. um, Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a paycheck for them, and I can't fault them for that. You know, they can't really take the sides in this stuff. And, you know, from what I understand, Clear Channel is obviously a national corporation. I don't think they're they're strictly based here in Maryland. So, um, you know, they're putting money in their pockets, and I'm sure they're loving it, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, it's one of the things that I've actually thought about doing ourselves is it's almost like. I don't know what your feelings are here because you've obviously been, you've had to now take out billboards yourself and whether that's, you know, you know, protecting your name or in jest, as you've said, but has, I'm going to speak from a hunting perspective, but I'll ask from the crabbing perspective too. Have we forgotten to sort of articulate who we are, i.e., I would want to, I want to take out billboards that come into Los Angeles, come into Chicago, come into New York and say, do you know who's the greatest conservationist in America? It's a hunter. You know, just very plain, just plain Jane, nothing in your face, nothing like what Peter's obviously doing to you, but a very proactive message to say, hey, this is who we are. Yeah, I think that's very important because a lot of times people like PETA, who have such deep pockets, uh, they have the ability uh, through billboards, through social media, you know, through propaganda, to spin the narrative. And I think it's very important for us to keep reminding people the truth, um, to show people the, the faces behind the industries, to show people that these attacks are attacks on livelihoods, attacks on small businesses, on attacks of families. And educate people that otherwise might not be aware of it because all they see is the propaganda. So I think it, it is very important, yes, to do that. Talk about sustainable use, John. You know, that's one of the things that we sort of pillar on from a hunting perspective is this idea that it's sustainable use, it's consumptive use, it's very regulated. Um, you know, what we're doing is one looking after the fishery in your perspective, hunt, looking after the wildlife population in our perspective but also very cognizant of, you know, we want crabs around for our, our kids and our grandkids one day. You want to pass Jimmy's on to the next generation. We want to pass wildlife on to our next generation, our next grandkids. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's why there's seasons in place. That's why there's laws. That's why there's, there's regulations. And that's why we abide by them. And we've abided by them for hundreds of years here. Uh, you know, we don't want the crabs to disappear from the Chesapeake Bay, obviously. If the crabs disappear from the Chesapeake Bay, there will be no more crabbing industry. We not only want the crabs to be there, we want healthy, full-size crabs to be there. And that's why we abide by the rules. That's why, you know, we pay our dues, we pay our fees to make sure that, that these laws are, you know, implemented and they're regulated and people are checking to make sure nobody's breaking the rules. Uh, that's why we're not crabbing right now. That's uh, why we got to wait a few more weeks. So, uh, you know, that's, that's the big thing here. And that's the one thing that PETA always seems to glance over when they try to talk about overfishing and whatever other buzzwords they have at the end of the day, it's, it's all for naught because, you know, there are laws in place, not only in my industry, but any other industry, whether it's lobster up in Maine or hunting, it, it, you know, there's laws and we know how this works. We know how nature works and we want to make sure that it's still there 10 years from now, a hundred years from now, a thousand years from now, and we're doing our part and we don't need to stop doing it all of a sudden because somebody said so. 100%. 100%. I know that you obviously have just been introduced to Blood Origins, but one of the podcasts that we did a couple of weeks ago was with us. <laughs> You're going to get a kick out of this. Out of a group out of the UK and Belgium called Herbivorize. They're interested in herbivorizing predators, John. Oh, wow. And uh, they have this idea of you know tying in with the crab industry. They, they want to put AI sensors into krill so that they would help them administer first aid and let people know that injury is happening to the krill to help them. Oh, boy. Bloody smart individuals, though. Bloody smart, super philosophical, super right. ideological, but just like... and but, but also very transparent that they're not thinking on like the next year scale. They're thinking like 100,000 years down the pipeline. I'm like, sounds great. But that is not reality. And, <laughs> and, and honestly, let's be, let's, let's, let's be just a little bit in the reality here. There, it, it is impossible but for everyone to adopt, quote-unquote, a PETA-type lifestyle. I mean, yes, absolutely. If, if the whole world went vegan, we would obviously have new shortages and new problems to deal with. It's why I once again go back to my theory that at the at the heart of this, it's almost like a publicity stunt with, for somebody that has a little too much free time and too much money on their hands. Mm -hmm. I don't think that everybody over there believes in abolishing the crabbing industry. Uh, I, I don't think I think that that would have a very averse effect actually on the Chesapeake Bay. Uh, but you know, as I said, uh, they do have a lot of money. They do think that their resources and, and their influence will be able to at some point change one person's mind, two person's mind. And in their mind, uh, they think that that's justifiable for their actions. Uh, even if, and they've gone on record and saying that in some of their press releases, that even if they change one person's mind, that they consider these uh, campaigns, as they call them, uh, a success. Uh, but, you know, I would argue that turning you know, dozens or hundreds of people away from small, you know, businesses and, and, and restaurants uh, would be detrimental and would be far from a success. If anything, you know, you're crippling uh, these hardworking people that are the backbone of the economy, not only locally, but nationally as well. John, do you think, though, that there's potentially a 
a opposite effect happening. You're on a podcast that you'd never heard of before, who saw what was happening, that came out of a completely different industry, that said, we are facing exactly the same issues and we stand shoulder to shoulder with you. Oh, without question. Uh, that's, that's my biggest takeaway from you know, my battles and my struggles with PDA is that uh, it's helped me uh, identify with amazing people and connect with amazing people, not just uh, in Maryland, not just throughout the country, but throughout the globe. People from Canada and England reach out to us and, and lend support from many industries, be it leather, uh, the greyhound racing industry, the hunting industry, and have similar issues. Uh, great people, great hardworking people uh, that just want to go about their jobs and, and do what they love to do, uh, do what they've been trained to do, do what their families have done their entire lives and haven't to dish out millions of dollars in some cases uh, to battle PETA in, in the courtroom. Um, you know, for me personally, I can speak that we've also had uh, people willing to come to Jimmy's uh, just to check us out and show support. People have, you know, we're able to uh, ship our products nationwide. So just place, they place orders on our, through our website. They leave, you know, just the kindest notes, uh, offering encouragement and support. And I always make it a point to follow up with them. They've been buying our T-shirt, which we've been selling. Obviously, people people eating tasty animals. <laughs> so yeah. now talk about that T-shirt quickly. It's 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 obviously stand. It's the acronym of PETA, PETA people eating tasty animals. Uh, but all that money is going where, John? That goes to a, a local animal rescue named Saving Grace, where I actually got this little puppy from. Oh, man, amazing. This is Aria. So she's a rescue from Saving Grace, and they just do a phenomenal work, uh, true work. And I think people by now are very familiar with uh, PETA's kill rates at their shelters. So, uh, you know, it's the least we could do is to give the money back from these shirts to somebody who's actually got the pet's true um, welfare and well-being in heart. So... Uh, so far, we've been able to raise over two thousand dollars for saving. Oh man, grade. incredible! Um, yes, sir, and uh, it's been showing no signs of slowing down uh, every time. <laughs> yeah, uh, Peter does something silly. Uh, people tend to just keep buying the shirt. It's just kind of stick it to them. So, without question, to answer you know uh, your question, uh, it, it has I think backfired uh, and backfired significantly on Peter. Uh, so you know. While it's not fun and, and it can get scary at times, obviously, uh, there is some good that has come out of this. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And one of the people that are connected intimately with us, she's a member of our board. Uh, she's in the alligator tannery business down in Georgia. She commented on one of your posts. She's, she's pushed your message everywhere. Uh, they run the, one of the oldest, if not the oldest tannery in the United States, and they just fought for alligator, um, an alligator lawsuit in the state of California and won, but cost $4 million. Yep. Yes. It's just, I've been, I've been connecting with so many people who've had so many struggles and at times it seems for decades, uh, with PETA because as we touched on, PETA just has seemingly unlimited pockets. Uh, you know, they're, they, they, they are very wealthy without question. And uh, if nothing else, they can bleed out an entire industry uh, legally by dragging out uh, legal fees and, and things along that nature. So as we saw in Florida, you know, with the Greyhound racing, lost our, lost our livelihoods there. It's very scary. It can happen 
if it happened to them, it could really happen to anybody anywhere. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Well, John, I don't want to take up much more of your time. I know it's uh, Monday morning, and um, you're going to sort of get your feet back underneath you after a big uh, St. Paddy's Day weekend. Um, anything that people can do? How can they check you out? How can they help you? How can they support you, John? Yeah, so uh, jimmysfamousseafood.com is our website. Uh, we ship our crab cakes and our crabs nationwide. Uh, you know, if you're not uh, in the mood for crab cakes or crabs, and I don't know why you wouldn't be, just <laughs> uh, feel free to pick up the PETA t-shirt, uh, t People Eating Tasty Animals, which is also on our website, um, and just show your support. And, you know, I, I have heard some amazing stories uh, from people that have worn the shirt, uh, just walking down the street, um, and just high-fiving other people who have the same mentality as, as the rest of us. And that, that is that. Yeah, it is a little bit crazy, and you know we're, we're all in this together. Well, man, just uh, keep up the fight. Hold your chin up. Um, if there's anything we can do, I know that we just introduced ourselves, uh, but we wear our heart on our sleeves in what we do and what we champion all around the world. So if there's anything we can do ever, please don't hesitate to, to call us, DM us, email us, whatever you need. Uh, we support you. We stand shoulder to shoulder. and. Um, when I get back from Spain, I'll be buying some, some crab cakes for the wife through your website. Appreciate it, man. Have a great time over there in Madrid. You know, I've been there, and it's obviously beautiful. So uh, just enjoy yourself. I'm sure you've been there a few times, but enjoy the food, too. It's delicious. I'll do it. Thank you, my man. Thank you. Well, that's it for today. Appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.